Welcome to Black on the Scene. I'm your host, John Gist. I'm here with my girl, Dee Dee Brown. On today's show, we have Darius Brown here, who has had his hand in so many areas within the media space. Starting his career in network news, Darius was able to cultivate and hone his craft behind and in front of the camera, working in some of the biggest news stories and alongside the most respected journalists. He's an award-winning creative executive who co-created and produced a weekly entertainment show Beyond, Beyond the Red Carpet with Darius Brown for ABC News Digital. And currently is the Director of Talent and Partnerships at Harley & Co., a New York-based creative studio that produces multi-platform social justice and culture projects where he won a Clio Award for Being Seen, a weekly podcast about the gay and queer Black male experience. Darius has produced for ABC News, BET, NBC, and Fox's Extra, which earned him an Emmy for Best Entertainment Show. John, I am so stoked to have Darius here. I met Darius a few years ago at a movie junket and felt like I had known him for years. He has a warm, kind, spiritual energy that made him feel like family right away. So I immediately started calling him Cousin Darius. Plus we share the same last name. Darius is known and loved for sending just the right spirit led text message with the perfect affirming scripture first thing in the mornings. It always brightens my day as does seeing and talking to him, which we are about to do. Welcome, 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 cousin Daria. Oh, thank you, thank you. Wow, I feel so loved. That was like a, a hug. I'm being hugged right now here in my living room. Yes, <laughs> I would love to squeeze on you. And it's, and it's so funny that Dee Dee calls out cousin because I was like, you guys are cousins. Like I literally <laughs> said that to her. She's like, yeah, I actually called him my cousin. The fact that y'all are like, yeah, like you could legit be related, and you have I, the same last name. <laughs> we may have to do a DNA check. We may we may be related, Dee Dee. Listen, I said it. I feel it. Um, you know, we're all related in some way, but I definitely feel it, and it is always just. But again, from the moment we met, to connect with you and see your handsome and beautiful face, and all the love that you pour into what you do and who you are, just professionally, personally, and. I just want to get started about with how you got into the media space. How did you know this was a thing? Wow, that's a good question. Well, thank you so much again for the introduction. Thank you guys for starting this uh, platform and this space to even have these conversations. So my hat's off to you, to you two, you and John for creating this space. Wow, I'm just overwhelmed and happy to be here. And it's just talk about, before I get into that question, like, the universe, you know, you said I'm spiritual, I'm very spiritual, I give everything, you know, to the higher God, whatever you, you know, you pray to, but it's, it's always bigger than us, right? But even how our relationship started, I would walk into rooms, John, and, you know, I worked for Extra, you know, one of the top three entertainment shows, and it's not many people that look like us. So I would come in the room and I would see Dee Dee's beautiful face or, you know, one or two of us, and I just wanted, I just wanted to acknowledge us being in that space, wherever I was. So, and look where it took us. It, we butted into this amazing friendship uh, and, you know, and we lift and we continue, even though I may not see this beautiful woman every day, you know, with the pandemic, but we send each other text messages and we uplift each other, you know, to get our day started each day. So I just think that's so powerful, right? Like just let that sink in. But how I got involved in this business was I was in college, uh, a pl political science major at Boston College. This little, this guy from DC, uh, you know, black guy from DC who grew up in Southeast DC, you know, that was one of the 
you know, worse, you know, paper of wards in DC. I'm in Boston College with all these white people. I'm like, what? I come from Chocolate City. I'm trying to find my way. So I, it's like, what am I going to study? Oh, what about oh, political science? That sounds good. My, you know, I was the first generation to graduate from college. So, you know, my family helped prepare me to get there and supported me. But once I got there, they really couldn't guide me to tell me, you know, what to pursue. It was like, okay, they got you here, brother. Let's try to figure it out. So I was like, oh, I'm from DC. Okay, I guess, yeah, political science, that, that may work. Um, so I started majoring in political, I majored in political science, uh, you know, wanted a black woman, Anna Godoy, uh, you know, we would study together and she's like, you're really good, Darius. Oh, really? Okay, so yeah. So I like, I actually do like political science. But then I also kind of like television too, you know, we're all attracted to, you know, hey, maybe I could be an actor. Maybe I can do like, was always intrigued by entertainment. So uh, I took some communication classes and we did, you know, I worked with this girl from Australia, shout out Natalie. And we put together this, you know, television project and I really loved it. And we put music to it and pictures to it. and. You know, I got into the soundtrack and I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, and, you know, we collaborated on it. You know, Natalie was was studying uh, abroad from Australia and she was at BC. And then we, but we, you know, all, all the work, you know, brought us together and we were just in communion. And that just like really was like, wow, this is, this is cool. This is cool. Fast forward, I go to, you know, it's time to graduate college. I'm like, oh shit, I got to get a job. Like, okay. So I started going to job fairs and, I was at, at Harvard job fair, and I'll never forget, and the recruiter uh, was like, was, was there recruiting for ABC News, and she's like, what are you thinking about doing after college, and we were talking, she's like, wow, you sound like you'd be great for ABC News, you know, and we had like a brief interview on the spot, one thing led to another, I wind up after BC moving to D New York, and I accepted the job as a desk assistant uh, at ABC News at the network. Now, I didn't know what I was getting myself into in, the, in my 20s, jumping into network news, not, you know, local news. This is the network where the, all the top kahunas were from Peter Jennings to Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters. Like it was the, it was the house that Rune Arledge, Arledge built, you know, look up Rune Arledge. Like he, you know, he created those people. So here I am walking in the doors of ABC News as a desk assistant. And that's how I got into, you know, I guess what led me into television. And then I kind of started to trying to find my way, you know, once I got in. So for you, so you being a desk, desk assistant at ABC News, for those who don't know that is like, talk about to us like what that was. Was that kind of like an entry level type of role um, in the news yeah. series? And then like, kind of like what happened after? Woo, it was a shark tank. <laughs> it's an entry level role. They throw you in, you start off working overnight. Uh, you, they give you the worst shift and you got to pretty much essentially prove yourself, you know, to get promoted because there are like 10 of you and you guys are all vying for spots on different, the Good Morning America's, the 2020s, you know, a spot on the desk. So it was really, really competitive, like, and cutthroat. It was like, I mean, that could be a show. It was like Survivor before Survivor. <laughs> And I mean, thank God for this, this sister again, uh, who was a recruiter, she went to Spelman, Nisa, who helped me kind of navigate uh, the waters of this place and, you know, 
so I could survive and thrive. So uh, I was a desk assistant. I worked my way overnight uh, to the head desk assistant working during the day to creating the schedules for the other desk assistants. So that was like huge. Um, and I would sit behind Peter Jennings every night on the news. You would see my head. I would be behind him, like working on the computer. My mom would tune in and be like, oh, I saw you tonight. Like, it was like a big, huge thing in my family because they were like, oh, we see Darius on the news. I'm, I'm just in the background of the news. But hey, they were so excited that I was like sitting behind Peter Jennings, like for the world news, like every night. And then I was in the war, war room doing, you know, doing that, you know, it was a war, the Iraqi war, September 11th, I covered, you know, covered that. And, but I still wasn't necessarily really happy. Uh, you know, it just felt very toxic to be honest, uh, the work environment, it's just, I didn't like the energy of, you know, the cutthroat energy. I didn't like how that felt physically. Um, even though, you know, I worked my way up and I became an off-air reporter for them. They would send me out, you know, for World News and I would go out and interview, you know, the subjects you would, you know, I, they, I, they would use my interview questions. And they would, you know, see you on the news, but they would send me out. And that was like pretty huge because uh, I was like the desk, the New York desk bureau's off-air reporter. So I could work for World News, I could work for GMA. So I was like, you know, kind of doing really well. I didn't even know I was doing really well, right? <laughs> that was kind of funny as well, too. So I started to break through, but I, I was not really happy and I left the desk and I made this, this big, huge pivot, which you're not supposed to do. I left the desk and I went to this other department that was looked, that was kind of like frowned upon. They were like, that was like career suit. Like, why would you make that choice to go there next, you know, at the network when you were at the desk, that's not, but I did it because I wanted off. Like I wanted out of, you know, you know, they were, they were going to offer me to be an assignment editor, but they asked me about it and I said, no. I never knew that Simon editors made six figures, but I think that was God's protection too, because I was in my twenties, like New York making six figures in your twenties. Like I probably would have crashed and burned, you know? So um, I turned that down and I went to uh, another department. I won't say it cause I, you know, I don't believe, you know, I don't want to put another department down but I went to the department it was frowned upon but that led me to, I met a colleague and we both were frustrated at work. So we created uh, a digital show uh, a digital, digital entertainment show because she had these publicist contacts and she was like, Darius, I think you're good with interviewing people. F it, let's, let's, and she was bold and, and just didn't give a shit. Like she pushed the envelope because she worked at ABC Digital. So she was like, let's do it and I'll just put the videos up. And if they don't say anything, let's just keep going. So that's what we did. And I wind up getting like the exclusive sit down with Drake right when he signed with Little Wayne's company. I, I sat down with him at Avenue, at the Club Avenue in New York, it's like the hottest club. And we had a sit down interview. I, I interviewed Usher, I, I interviewed Lady Gaga, and it just took off. And before you know it, the publicist will call and ask at ABC News, uh, can we interview, we wanna interview with Darius Brown. So what? We're at the network and my friend is like, who's, who's, the, who's the co creator of the show is like Darius, they're calling, I'm getting emails for huge artists to interview with you. And it, we created something we didn't even know we were creating. And uh, that's what gave me like my foray in entertainment because I had this reel that, you know, from all these interviews that we did. And, you know, I started forming relationships people knew my name. And now she is the head of the lead showbiz producers for Reuters Entertainment now. And, you know, and then I, you know, went and, did my thing in entertainment. So my, you know, the, the moral of the story is 
if you don't, if you see something and it's not there, then create it, you know, and, and build it and they will come. I think that that lends itself to being entrepreneurial in a way that maybe isn't just starting a bit, you're starting where you are within the company where you are, but you you were side hustling before side hustling was really sort of in the zeitgeist. And how are you navigating this full-time job, this like super secret, but successful show that you are learning as you go along? Like what skill set that you tap into? What was your headspace? How did you navigate all of that? Uh, that's a good question. Well, it was we were oh gosh we would work we would work our regular eight hour job when that ended we would go and cover uh not no we didn't even do junkets and that was the thing because you know i didn't know about junkets and all that stuff until i started working the extra but we didn't do any junkets we didn't do any red carpets we would do, go do a ride along with a celebrity we would go to uh the dessert place you know from sex and city what's that place called uh the banana pudding uh and do interviews that, at that bakery. We would do really real sit down interviews with celebrities. So we would go and do that, come back to the office, edit the, write and edit the video to go up on the site that day. And then we created a database of links, you know, the YBF, shout out to, to them. They would post a lot of my stuff, uh, MTV online, like it would get traction tv guy and we had like a database uh, of emails and we would blast my the you know the interviews out that night i mean shout out to alicia powell because she was the she's an amazing sister like because i'd be like i'm tired i'm sleepy and she'd be like come on we got to do this um so we would be working like 16 hour days like not getting paid but the reward was the interviews were being being picked up by major like publication like i was in like OK Magazine at the time, they had a digital site. I was on there with Julianne Ratzik and her husband. Like we made, we were making a dish together, like a restaurant. Like I was, it was like mind blowing. Like, and I remember praying this prayer to God when, God, when I interviewed, uh, when we did Usher, I said, before we were at um, the Hammerstein Ballroom, I think, and he was doing a concert there. And I said, God, if I'm supposed to be doing this, let me know. After I prayed that prayer, everybody, we were waiting to interview Usher. The publicist said, Darius, oh my God, we've run out of time. You know, she was like, how? And I was like, oh, she was like, but I think I figured it out. How about you do a walk and talk interview with Usher and you got, you can just ask him a couple of questions and, you know, that way you'll get what you need. Is that, is that, is that sufficient? I said, yeah, sure. I can just ask two or three questions. And yeah, I said, okay. That walk and talk turned into a full interview that we went up to his dressing room and continued the conversation because Usher didn't stop talking. So I had this, bingo, I have this exclusive interview with Usher now that I'm backstage at his concert asking him about, I think Obama was, was running for, for president then, like asking him about that. And I mean, I asked, oh, I interviewed Kim Kardashian. I got in trouble for you know asking her about the sex tape. Um, but and we never aired it. We honored that. I'm giving you guys something exclusive. But it, the way I asked the question, it was very, you know, uh, professional. And I think I asked it along the lines of how to, you know, protect kids about um, with um, sexting and stuff like that. What, you know, advice would you give? It was very thoughtful questions. And she answered the question. But then when we had to change the angle, she was like, how dare you? I just answered it because the way you, you know, you kind of, she said you kind of disarmed me. And it was just, it was, a, you asked it in a polite way. And I didn't want to be impolite. Kim is very nice. And 
you know, and then she's like, but, you know, I'd never answered that question. I had a freaking, you know, and I could have said, you know, I work with ABC News, like, I, you answered it, then therefore you're gonna have to deal with our, you know, lawyers, but, you know, to protect that relationship, I said, Kim, I won't. So those type of moments, though, though I guess that propelled us because we, we saw that we were making an impact, you know, even though the company wasn't necessarily acknowledging us <laughs> and didn't realize what they had, uh, you know, we still didn't let that deter us, even though we set up with meetings with the digital uh, executive, you know, explaining to him what he had. And, you know, unfortunately, they don't see the value in us sometimes, you know, until somebody else does or until you do it yourself. But they saw it more as a threat, right? They saw, they didn't see it as an opportunity, uh, as a way to make an, an impact in the culture, as a way to make an impact with diversity and inclusion, no, they saw us as a threat, as a threat. But what you know, but it was also again, it's bigger than me. And God did reward me later on when I, you know, would go on to BET when I would go into extra and you know so on and so forth. But sometimes you don't see the big picture and you're doing the work. But trust me, there's always a reason. There's, there's always a reason. I love that. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to bring that up again because you know you say the company wasn't acknowledging your show; they saw it as a threat and not an opportunity. But like, so it, you knowing that in that moment, how did you continue to still do your best? I still want to get these interviews. I still want to do the work. Like, what was your motivation behind that? Well, that's a good question. I think it was a little naivete. I was a little naive. Uh, I was young, so I, I see that now. You know. What they say, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't really necessarily know they wasn't seeing my value. Value. I know it didn't feel good though in my spirit, and I I think that hustler in me, that DC boy, that you know, that came from Southeast, was like, hey, that that guy that got a three point oh at Boston College, you know, I went to public school. I'm gonna show you, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show you like that. That's where that came from, I guess, in a sense. And then my, you know, who you align yourself with, my friend Alicia, she was my biggest cheerleader. And she would say, Darius, you're so talented. Like you, like these people want to talk to you. Like, you're amazing. Like you should be on TV. Like if she hears this podcast, because you always keep saying, you, why, you know, why aren't you on TV, right? Like that, you know, but anyway, so that kept me going. And then, you know, the interviews that I were, that I, that I was getting, like, I, I just, you know, I was like, wow, we're, I, you know, I felt like we were, and, you know, and, and again, I wasn't doing this because I wanted to be famous. I wasn't doing this because I wanted people to know who I was. I was doing it because I enjoyed talking to these people and showing the humanity in these celebrities. Like, I didn't care that they were celebrity. You know, that's why I would ask. I would ask anything that I wanted to ask, you know, in a respectful way. But it, and we would have fun. But I just really enjoyed the craft of it. Uh, and when when I did the digital show, it would scare me when people would know who I was back then, you know, cause I didn't think anybody was watching. I think I was in the parking garage once and this man was like, thanks for clicking. You're thanks for clicking, man. I'm like, what? And I'm like, you, you know who I am? Like, and, and you, or I would be out and people would think they know who I was. And that, so that kind of like freaked me out. Like, but yeah, like I, I, I thought we were really make, making our mark and I would see, you know, in real time, you know, it on the YBF. I will never forget my my colleague, my white colleague. She was awesome. We she was like, "Oh my God, you in the YBF, Darius?" And I said, "I know." I said, "But they didn't put my name up there." She was like, "Well, you need to email them right now and say if they're going to use your content and this is ABC News, they need to credit you in every post, every everything that they post." And that was genius because I would have let that opportunity sit by, but I set the precedent. Like 
hey, we love that you guys are posting, but you must credit and put my name, Darius Brown. So that was pretty cool too. Darius, you said so much here, and I just want to unpack, unpack A, there was no blueprint for what you were doing. You were really being very divinely led, but also doing the work and trying to stay true to your inspiration and also showing the humanity. So you're serving celebrities and audiences sort of in the same breath. So eventually you leave ABC and you go to, you go, you go to BT and you go to Extra. And I'm curious to know the skill set of you being on camera and interviewing and then transitioning into producing, like more producing and booking, did that make you a better producer and booker, having that on-air experience? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because I could understand what the talent wanted. I could understand, I, I, I was able to appease both clients, if you will, like my bosses, and then also the talent, because I could kind of know how far to push it, how far not to push it. And also, you know, go always go with my gut. If I didn't feel, if I didn't feel it right or the, the energy right to ask a certain question, I wouldn't answer, I would not ask it. And then I would tell, you know, my talent, I mean, my, my bosses, you know, my boss, you know, or my bosses rather, you know, I, it wasn't right. It wasn't the opportunity. It would have maybe, you know, severed the relationship or maybe caused some friction. It just was not right. And they trusted it because, you know, I would bring home the bacon because they would be like, oh, Darius brings, brings home the bacon. Like when they would send me out, you know, so they trusted my, my expertise to say, oh, well, it must, wasn't right then. Um, and I always trusted my gut because um, as a producer, when you're out in the field, you know, you're the boss, you're, you're the decision maker. Um, and you have to be very clear about the direction you're, you know, that you, you're going in or what you want. And I always had a vision in my mind and I stuck to it because at the end of the day, if it goes south or doesn't go right, I'm going to have to answer for it. So I'd rather do it my way and the way I've planned it in, in my head, you know, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm open to suggestions, you know, cause you know, cameramen and, you know, they have a lot of experience, but I always kind of like, it's funny you should say blueprint. I always kind of stuck to my blueprint or had a vision of how, you know, whatever I was producing should look and feel. Um, but I definitely think being uh, in front of the camera and just learning and watching some of the best at ABC, uh, you know, cause I got to sit and, and, and sit, sit and watch Peter Jennings every night, you know, and, or, or be on set when Diane Sawyer was doing an interview. Uh, and Diane, she will ask a question and she will let you sit in it. She'll say, so uh, Didi, well, what happened when you were growing up that, got you, you know, to be this way. And she's not gonna, she's not gonna, she will sit there until you answer it. And that was brilliant, right? Cause you know, she'll just sit there and kind of have this smile on your face. She's not gonna try to fill the time. She's gonna let you think however long you need to think about it for you to answer it. And like those little things, those little like tricks, you know, just, and keeping your questions short and succinct because no one cares about you. and. I always would, you know, say this, no one cares about me. I'm just the vessel to, to bring the celebrity or the subject to you. Like, it's not about me. And I've always was intentional uh, about that as well. Like, I didn't, I didn't go into it like, oh, you know, I need a certain amount of camera time. You know, that, 
<laughs> you know, my producer would be like, we get Darius, you know, I'll be fighting, take me out of the piece. And she'll be like, oh no, let's put a couple more walking shots of you in. That, you know, no, I, I'm here just to, you know, get your message to the people. So that's another thing that really helped too, because I felt like a lot of times when people are interviewing celebrities, it's like their questions are way too long. It's like, keep them short, keep them succinct, keep them conversational, you know, and let the person talk. Darius. Yes. Is that your way of telling John and I that we're not letting you talk enough, but you just, <laughs> we have so many questions. No, not at all. I feel like I'm talking, no, I feel like I'm talking too damn much. We're in the chat, like, I want to ask the next question. No, I want to ask the next question. But um, leaning into what you said about the vision, talk about the skill set resources that go into producing segments. You have a vision, prep. Explain this process a little bit for folks who may be interested in getting into your line of work. John and I truly hope that you are enjoying this episode of Black on the Scene. But we're interrupting this episode just to ask a quick favor. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, plus leave us a rating after the show. And now back to the episode. Enjoy. Yes, uh, the vision typically starts just from me uh, being a fly on a wall, like from what I'm watching on television, from who you know I'm engaging in a conversation. I'm always listening to what people are saying. People you know, what, you know what, what is exciting people on television right now, what music is exciting people. So I'm always like just watching and, and, and being a spectator of the culture and then kind of extrapolating what I think should be, you know, amplified or what I think, or what you guys may be talking about. So the vision, all, like, right, you know, when I walk in the dog in the morning, I'm watching, I'm looking, you know, I'm collecting data and information, like, every you know that all contributes to the vision right and when you're producing you know i may say oh you know uh for instance you know and it, and it, and it goes into relate about relationships too and you know one time i produced um when i was at extra i um i produced an interview an exclusive interview i think Didi, i told you about this with uh with chloe kardashian so that started because I was in New York, a friend of a casting friend of mine was in, was in New York from LA. And she said, Darius, come to dinner. I'm producing this event. I want to see you. Oh, I, you know, I'm tired. I'm afterwards after work. I go see her and I see another friend there. And I know he's friends with the Kardashian Kardashians. I know that he will be good on air. And I instantly had a vision. I'm going to ask him, Hey, do you want to interview uh, interview your friend Chloe? You guys can just have fun. You can maybe ask one question about her relationship, but other than that, it'll be a fun interview, and it'll be great for you. It'll be great for her, and that's how I sold that vision. And then I'm out in LA producing the the interview. Um, you know, doing you know George Floyd. I've been extra. I see everybody's talking about race. I go to my bosses and I say, Hey, let's get the people of color on staff. You know, I'm the producer. Let's get the two. You know, Chesley. Shout out to Chesley, Chris, Chris, and and uh, and and Nate Burleson, who just who's now going to be on CBS this morning. That's huge news, right? He's uh, taking over for Anthony. But I said, let's get us, let's get them together. Let's get us together. Let's film a Zoom uh, of us talking about what's going on in America right now. And we're black people. Like that would that would look extra look make extra look look really great. Let let's do that. And they're like, oh, we love it, Darius. 
and we filmed the whole, you know, talk about, you know, America and George Floyd. And so that was a vision. Uh, it's just, and, and it's just making, being a producer is making shit happen to figure out how you're going to make it happen. Like, and it's, it's funny, my, my partner, he's, he's always like, wow, man, you always like, like in my house, I love to decorate. And I'm like, oh, I'll, you know, I had, a, I had a vision of like, when you come in my, my foyer, it's going to be gold and I want this and I want that. And then in like four weeks, I executed it. And he's always like, everything you think about, you're able to execute. Like, I, I like, it's a challenge of challenge for me to figure out, okay, how I, am I going to execute it? Who do I need to talk to to make it work? You know, I need to call my friend Marilyn, who's an amazing interior decorator, who doesn't know she's amazing, but I know she could put my wallpaper up. Like, how, you know, how, how can I, and I want to find the best wallpaper. So how do I find that? Like, it's all of those things. Also, it's all about details. It's all about being on an ABC News assignment desk, you know, having to answer the phone, uh, not, you know, for, after the second ring. And, you know, ABC gave me that foundation to always dot the I's and cross the T's. Like, you know, when you're, you know, so producing is just making it happen and, 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 you know, reading magazines to see what people are talking about. Like, like the guy who makes the, uh, the purse, the Tef, was it Teflar purses? You know him? So I saw everybody wearing those purse. Everybody has a purse. I'm like, oh my God, I'm intrigued by him. Oh my God, he, like he's a black male. Like he's, he's a disruptor in the marketplace. Who is this guy? People need to know about this guy. So I'm like getting in touch with, you know, people I know behind the scenes. I call one of my friends. She's like, oh, Darius, we just did a whole photo shoot with him with the Real Housewives of Potomac because that's one, that's one of his favorite, you know, they asked him who, can, who he could do a photo shoot with. He could do a photo shoot with anybody. They said, we'll make it happen. He picked the Real Housewives of Potomac. So that let me know, like, and I didn't know this. I just happened to call her, but that let me know that I was on to something. Like, and then he, I think it's the cover, I forget the magazine, like a huge publication. And then I'm like text email on his people, and I can say this now. And they're like, oh, well, Darius, we love your idea, but he's actually going to be uh, in Tokyo for the Olympics. He's designing, uh, he's designing somebody's uh, uniform for the Olympics. And I like knew that before, you know, it just came out like last week or two weeks ago, but I knew that already because I was already up on Teflar because I just saw everybody wearing his bag. So it's just, it's just taking note of those type of things and then like amplifying like those stories like as a producer you know they like I you know I think what they like is they like the way I think and I like the, and I think you typically outside of the box or you know or stuff is literally right there in your face and I just be like hey no it's right there in, a, in, in your face like you don't have to look everything is not complicated either like when I was producing uh for the podcast I mean for the podcast uh, being seen podcast if, if if your listeners get a chance please listen to the being seen podcast um on spotify uh and apple and amazon but i was i was casting the first season of the podcast and i'm watching the shy because we were all locked in the house for the pandemic so i started binge watching the shy i love the shy now i love the show but as i'm watching it i'm watching each week luke james on the screen portraying this amazing like gangster character who's in love with a trans woman i mean in love with her will fight for her will kill for her and i'm like this is beautiful this is pushing the culture forward so i'm producing this being seen podcast and i said light bulb moment hello duh god you're showing me this we need to have luke james on the show so i pitched it to the client they're like 
you know, and I said, he's on the shy. He's love a trans woman character. I set it up. I'm like, this, this is for a black man to even consider that role, you know, because the community may be like, oh, he must be gay because he's playing. You know, we can't even, we don't even have liberty to be and the freedom to be a actor, excuse my language. And the culture is like criticizing us. So I said, that's a huge protest that Luke is doing in, in this character. So we got him on the podcast. I mean, and look how the universe works. So I, I, I paid attention to that. I hit a friend up and she says, oh, he's my client. It was so easy to book him. Like, if you just pay attention, the universe is talking to you. Like, and that's what I've learned to do is just to sit back and pay attention. Because we, we all, the fear and the nerves and the anxiety comes and I just, I'm learning to kind of like, like, no, no, that's not real, no. I'm not going to let you take up space here. And, and a lot of times, and I, and I say, and I even tell God, like, I'm going to surrender to the creative process. I know you wouldn't put me here if I didn't have the bandwidth or the expertise to do it. So I know I'm here for a reason. And normally that's when the magic happens and I'll, and it'll just start flowing. Like, like I was just watching the shy and I saw Luke James. And I'm like, that's who needs to be on the, on this podcast. And if you go and listen to the being seen podcast, Luke James uh, episode, phenomenal blows your mind. I cried when I heard it. Oh my God, we got to listen to that. Because I mean, first of all, dear, you, you said so much. I'm like writing notes down and everything. But, you know, talking about uh, Luke James and his portrayal um, on The Shy, that's about representation and that's about representation that matters. But I also want to shine a light on you because you being, you being a Black gay male in this media space, that is, a, that is representation as well. So talk to me about how that was throughout your journey of maybe being the only one, maybe being the only one that has a seat at the table, again, producing your own digital show, like, but as a black gay man, you're having to do all that. Like, how was that? What was that experience like for you? And talk to us about how you maneuvered through all of that. Because again, was the space diverse enough where you saw others that looked like you or others that thought like you? Like, let's, I wanna unpack that a little bit. Well, that's a great question. And if I'm being honest, I, I think I operated a lot, uh, a lot of times as a, as a closeted gay black man. Like I wasn't comfortable talking about it. You know, um, I remember my black, my one of my black uh, woman friends was like, she was like, Darius, that's a part of your superpower. You need to use that. You know, she used to be like, these gay men will, these gay executives will relate with you. And I, and, I, and 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 she told me that, and I still couldn't receive it until one day. I was talking to an executive who happened to be gay and it came out that I was gay. And he said, Darius, I did not know that about you. I wish I would have known. And I'm like, wow. Like, I didn't know that because I didn't see a lot of black gay men that looked like me in the space. You know, um, you know, my family was very supportive of me, but I just, you know, and even some of my colleagues, you know, felt slighted. I'll never forget this white girl, you know, who I was close with was like, Darius, you know, um, uh, she said something like, I didn't go shop, you know, I know he's gay and I, I just want to be able to go shopping with him and just, and I was already offended because I'm like, oh, just because I'm gay, I got to go shopping with you. Um, but so I think that further like shut me down and like, you know, so I kind of operated like I wasn't really, I wasn't closeted. Uh, I was closeted at work, you know, in my, and then in my personal life, you know, I was a little bit, you know, more open, but I just kind of just, kept it about the work, you know, and, you know, now with a little, you know, 
doing the work and healing. Now, you know, I, I show up my authentic self. And then I also have been very blessed, you know, to work in entertainment and, 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 and environments where they embraced me, you know, extra, they embraced, you know, I felt fully embraced. I felt, I felt, I felt seen there, um, you know, and enough for them to put me on air. So, you know, and also at BET, you know, my boss there, Monique Chenault, shout out to her, uh, you know, were very inclusive and, you know, will fight, you know, if you said something about, you know, she made it very clear, <laughs> you know, that she was an inclusive work environment and she was not going to take any, you know, disrespect, you know, to, you know, you know, being gay or homosexuality or whatever. So um, that further, you know, allowed me to be more comfortable with, within myself. And thank you for asking that question, because I'm, as I'm, you know, answering it, I'm realizing that these people kind of created the safe space to help, you know, until I was strong enough to kind of fly on my own and be me and walk in and walk in, you know, in, in my fullness. And Didi, before you chime in, I know you have something to say. I just want to just connect with you just as another gay black man of, um, I felt like I had to keep my lives separate from my professional and my personal for a long time as well. So that really connected with me. And then um, someone told me very something very similar to embracing your superpower of your, of your gayness in, in my life. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just do that. Like, I'm not going to lead with that, but I'm not necessarily going to hide it either, um, which I felt like I was doing. So I, I thank you for, for saying that. And hopefully that connects with someone because I do think people, you're kind of conditioned to kind of, Keep them separate, and then they can coexist together. And I and I definitely have embraced that over the last ten years of my career of just being Jonathan, my authentic self. You know, I happen to like men, but I also happen to bring another wealth of knowledge to, from a marketing perspective. And I do like to shop, so I do bring that as well. So um, there's a, there's, a, there's other things about me that I can bring to the table. And I think, right when you show up in spaces, your full self, it benefits the company. It shows up. Uh, and the dollars in a sense. I mean, that's a part of our story. Like you're able to be a better producer. You're, be, you're able to be a better executive because you're leaning on all of you that makes up you and it's, you're gonna connect to the people. So once you realize that, and once I realized that, I'm like, oh, this is, this is the fullness of me. This is what I bring to the table. Like I'm able to connect with Didi. I'm able to connect with John. I'm able to connect with Susan because of all these different experiences that make me me and make you you and i think i think we're moving forward it feels good like the direction we're going in talking about mental health like you know just talking about people being seen inclusion and diversity you know i think this is a good time to be alive i know it's a little crazy and wonky right now but that's what happened typically happens when a change is coming or revolution is coming you know, people get scared and, you know, things get a little crazy. But I think if you really step back and look at it, this is an amazing, amazing time to be like our full, you know, to be, you know, just in greatness and, and to be your full self. Well, you mentioned, Darius, a couple moments back about healing and self-care and we know that this business takes a lot of us personally, professionally, it's not a nine to five job, not to mention all the things, you know, that everyone's coping with just, you know, as a person in the world trying to heal from past traumas, navigate relationships, you know, expand and grow. Talk to us about how you got to this point of healing, 
how you continue to heal and maybe what some of your self-care practices are that have gotten you to this like really like loving and a place where you can show up authentically heart forward and as yourself uh i think the process for me started when i was living in la uh and i spent a lot of time alone and i started like juicing and you know i know it sounds cliche like hiking but what really started to happen was I started to build a uh, a better relationship with God um, and a better you know spiritual life, and I kind of started to see what really mattered in life. You know, it wasn't about the stuff; it was about the people. Like it, I really kind of simplified my life, and I kind of detached uh, from the material things. And you know, I was living on my cousin's sofa, and I was living out of a box, but I was. I was happy because I was, I would just take walks. I just felt free. And I was like, wow, I don't really need things to make me happy. Like, okay, I don't need things to make me happy. Oh, wow. Like, you know, and I was from DC. I used to, I lived in New York, you know, I used to go shopping a lot and, you know, you know, that was the thing to do. I mean, it's nothing wrong with that, but it just, it kind of prioritized, prioritized things in my mind. And I was just like, okay. And I really just trusted God. Like, and I had to really lean and trust God because I was freelancing at the time. And I'll never forget, um, one of my friends, uh, uh, mother, she's like my spiritual advisor. She said, Darius, I want you to, um, I want you to start tithing. She said, I think tithing will be your breakthrough. And I'm like, oh, okay, really? I never really tithe, tithe, you know, made tithes before. Like, I'm like, okay. And I wasn't working. So I started, so she said, just try it. And if it doesn't work, you don't have to do it again. I said, okay. So I said, God, I'm really going to trust you. I'm really, I'm trusting. I would tie my uh, unemployment check, 10% of my un unemployment check. I lied to you not. It changed my life. When I started tithing, extra call, I wrote down a salary I want on a paper. I got the salary I wanted. Uh, I started freelancing more. I, uh, you know, I bought my own condo. Uh, and I, and I started, and I said, also, God, if you bless me, I'm going to start, I'm going to help people. I want to help people. And I made a conscious decision of helping friends of, you know, every, if anybody reached out looking for a job, I would, you know, you know, hire, you know, make sure extra hire people of color, make sure extra hire this person, like, and that really made me feel good. And I would really, you know, I'm telling you guys now, I really never talked about it publicly you know, maybe, you know, never really told people, but I made a conscious decision to like, I'm going to help people like as many people as I can help, I'm going to help like, and I just started seeing the way God was blessing me like, so the self care is just like, I know it's, it's just being a more compassionate person, you know, taking time for you, you know, I love to travel. Uh, I love to just walk like over the pandemic, I walk one month, I walk 96 miles. I would just walk along the river, like enjoying nature, just doing simple things. Like everything, everything doesn't have to be so extra, you know, being, you know, conscious of you know, getting off of Instagram because I just felt like that was just, you know, I always knew I was never a big Instagram person anyway, but just being conscious of how, what we're being fed and, 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 you know, cutting yourself out from certain things, you know, to protect your, to protect your inner peace. Right. Because in this job, you're being hit, you know, at all sides, 
but also it's a blessing too. And it's, you know, I'm all, and I, and I'm always grateful to be in this role. Like, I, you know, I don't take it for granted either. So that also helps, you know, just waking up with gratitude every morning, you know, and, and, you know, despite, and just, you know, just, despite like I may be under deadline for a project, but thank God I have a project, you know, but, you know, and I know it's going to work out, but thank you. Just thanking the universe or whatever you pray to, you know, for this opportunity. So I don't take that for granted either. Um, but it's been a process for me to get to the healing, you know, and this project that I'm doing now with this creative agency is a part of the healing. Now I'm able to do advocacy work and kind of merge the entertainment with, um, you know, with social justice. So that really feels good that I've been, you know, kind of led to this point and I'm still in it and I'm able still to feel good about the work that I'm doing because I started to say, oh, why am I doing this? Like what, you know, it, it's something, it has to be more to this. So, and then I was led to this beautiful opportunity with Harley and co. And, you know, I just being true to thyself that, I, I mean, that's, that's my advice and how I keep myself grounded and try to keep my mental health and together. It's just taking a beat, acknowledging that it may be challenging, but also acknowledging and being grateful for where you are. So, cousin Darius, because um, you're my cousin now. Yes, um, we're family. <laughs> <laughs> you're my. You're, you're 100%. Listen, I want to say a few things. Um, Didi, I'm now the crier of the show because I was crying yes! earlier. What? Darius, Darius, I was literally tearing up as you were talking. Um, I can listen to you seriously talk for hours. So I do think you need to be in front of some microphone talking constantly because you are such a light of perspective and such a light of honesty. And I think people need to see this and hear that. So that's my thing. Um, I, I'm so touched by you. I want to be your friend. So I'm going to, we're going to be in a group text now with Didi and we're all going to hang out. Yes, Didi. And I'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Atlanta at the end of the month. Oh, great. Even better. Didi is happening. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but Darius, thank you so much for, for joining. We have to unfortunately wrap, but I do want to close with, um, our last question. And that is, you know, Black on the Scene is Didi and I's passion project, Didi and I's love letter to Black entertainment. And, you know, it's been a, such a beautiful journey with my friend to be on this because, by, you know, we never realized, but we've, we've had a podcast with each other unofficially for the last six years of our friendship where we were just talking about these type of conversations. So we really wanted to be intentional about putting it out there in the world and it being our true love letter to the space that we're so engulfed in and we, that we so love, which is Black entertainment. And I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your love letter. What is your love letter? to this Black media space, to this Black entertainment space, what does that for you? Oh, I was thinking about this question. Um, my, my letter to Black entertainment is, you know, I, I was, thank you, Felicia Rashad. Thank you, you know, uh, you know, uh, Bill Cosby, you know, for creating an, a, a positive, you know, uh, you know, uh, representation of, of Black people that, you know, like, I, you know, you don't realize like us watching those shows, like the impact that it had. I mean, you know, despite what's going on right now in the news, but it, you know, a different world, like, you know, it, it showed us that, hey, we could go to college, that we can have these experiences. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, Diane Carroll, when my, you know, that my grandma used to watch and I used to, you know, she told, would tell me to roll over and go to sleep, but I would peek and just see the, 
the opulence and the regalness. Uh, ah, uh, and also, you know, I grew up in DC and we, we created go-go music, Chuck Brown, you know, like just seeing all those influences and, you know, uh, the, the black movies, uh, you know, Darius Love Hall, you know, uh, and, you know, that happened on screen and go through that whole cultural moment in black film. Like I grew up with that, like house party. Thank you. Like it showed me that I deserve to be in those spaces. Like I deserved to have those moments. I deserve to have happiness. I deserved it. I deserved it all along. So that is my love letter to black media, you know, and Oprah that I used to come home to and watch every day at four o'clock, you know, before I started my homework, you know, and she had those difficult conversations, right? So, you know, and to be in the room with her now, you know, sometimes now, or, you know, to have a conversation with a creative director, I'm like, wow, God, like, or, you know, for Gail King to know my name, or when she sees me, she says, hey, Darius, like, wow, like, wow, like, that's my love letter, love letter to black media and black film like thank you for telling me i belong you know? and and that's why i'm here and thank you too for creating this amazing space and platform Darius, you got me and Didi crying again and <laughs> we are just all the emotions i don't have any tissue to wipe my oh face my but Didi does um there is truly 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 thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for bringing your energy to this conversation i mean this was so so beautiful so emotional so touching so honest so raw and we appreciate you for, for joining us for Black in the Scene. Thank you so much to our audience and our viewers for watching and listening to us, guys. We will be back again for more. See you next time. And thank you again. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Darius. Bye. We love you. We see you. Keep shining. We love you, brother. Oh, thank you. I love you too, cousin. <laughs> Me too. Yes, yes. You can't have him, but I will share him, but you cannot have my friend. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Darius Brown in this episode of Black on the Scene. And remember what he said, showing up as your authentic self is and always will be your superpower. When I say Darius said a word, he said more than a word. I love that Darius shared his passion for entertainment, which is his empowering ministry to the world and Black people specifically. The significance of being obedient to the signs from the universe and God that you ask for is really key to actually getting what you ask for. So that's it for this episode of Black on the Scene. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a rating, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black on the Scene, B-L-K on the S-C-E-N-E. -E.